1: Hallo zusammen bei Coffee Break German. Herzlich willkommen, ich bin Marc. Mein Name ist Thomas. Und wir sind hier, um unser Deutsch zu verbessern. Stimmt genau. We're indeed here to practice our German and Thomas, our native speaker, is here to help us. And I'll be learning along with you. Last time we were learning how to deal with health problems, things like sore heads and stomach aches and so on. And this time we'll be taking things a stage further by Learning how to cope with a visit to the pharmacy. Also Mark, bist du fertig? Ja, yeah, ich bin fertig. Los geht's. Wie üblich, ein bisschen Wiederholung. And we know what that means. As usual, a little bit of review. Mark, I'll give you some phrases and you translate them. Okay, Nummer one. I have a headache. And
2: as usual, I'll leave some space for our listeners to think about this. That would be,
3: ich habe Kopfschmerzen. Sehr gut. Nummer two, my hand hurts.
1: So I think that hand is feminine. So I would say, meine Hand mir weh. Ausgezeichnet. Die Hand. Meine Hand.
3: Meine Hand. Okay. Nummer drei. Do you have a sore throat? And remember, in German it's possible to say throat ache.
1: So I think throat ache would be Halsschmerzen. Richtig. So haben Sie Halsschmerzen? Sehr gut. Can you remember the informal version? That would be, hast du halsschmerzen?
3: Perfect. Hast du halsschmerzen? Nummer four. my legs hurt.
2: This was my favorite one from last time. Meine
1: Beine tun mir weh. <laughs> Perfect pronunciation, <laughs> and that one's "tun," isn't it? Because it's a plural. It's yeah. my legs, meine Beine, tun we Number five. Where does it hurt? Now, as far as I remember, there were kind of two options for this. I could say, "Where do you have pains?" Wo haben Sie Schmerzen? Gut, but I could also ask. Where does it to you hurt? Wo tut es Ihnen weh? To be formal, yeah. Very good. Okay, so can you just repeat those two? Wo haben Sie Schmerzen? And wo tut es Ihnen weh? Great. Hopefully our listeners managed to answer all of those questions. It's time to move on. So this lesson is about the pharmacy. Mark, can you remember
3: what pharmacy is in German?
1: I think it's die Apotheke. Die Apotheke. And so that's a feminine word. So we would say a pharmacy, eine Apotheke. Richtig. And then in the accusative, I could ask the question, gibt es eine Apotheke in der Nähe? Is there a pharmacy close by? And that's the accusative form, which is still eine. And mm, let me see if I can manage the dative. I could say, der Park ist neben der Apotheke. Perfect. Okay, so we're at the pharmacy, we've arrived at the pharmacy, and we need to think about some other problems, other symptoms of, of our illness, in addition to Kopfschmerzen and Bauchschmerzen and, and so on. So, how would I say, I have a cough? Ich habe einen Husten. Einen husten. Ich habe einen husten. Der husten, the cough. The cough, so einen, accusative again, so just like ich habe einen Bruder. Exactly. So der husten, a cough, what about a cold? The, the sort of feeling of being stuffed up and just generally feeling fairly horrible. that would be die Erkältung. die Erkältung. Die Erkältung. Die Erkältung. Is the word Kalt linked in there when you say, es ist kalt, talking about the weather? Yeah, it comes from the same root, kalt, erkältung. So if this is a D word, a feminine word, I would say, ich habe eine erkältung. Richtig. I have a cold. Ich habe eine erkältung. Ich habe eine erkältung. Anything else that we might have? Infection. Eine infektion. So another feminine word there. Infection. Die Infektion. So, ich habe eine Infektion.
3: Ja, for example, ich habe eine Ohreninfektion. An ear infection?
1: Ja. And maybe something that we might have in the summer would be sunburn. Der Sonnenbrand. Okay, I recognize sun in there. Die Sonne was sun. Die Sonne, ja. And this time it's der Sonnenbrand. The sunburn, literally. Brand. Brand. Der Sonnenbrand. Der Sonnenbrand. Can you say then, ich habe einen Sonnenbrand? Yeah. I have a sunburn, but that would refer to sunburn on a part of your body. Ich habe einen Sonnenbrand. Yeah, for
3: example on the arms or on
1: the head. Okay. Um, Anything
3: else?
1: Maybe fever. What would uh, fever be? The fever. Das Fieber. Very similar, das Fieber, with a B sound, das Fieber. Das Fieber. And so I can say, ich habe, would you just say, ich habe Fieber? You can say, ich habe Fieber, or you can also say, ich habe ein Fieber. Okay, and it's ein, because here is a neuter word, and then the accusative neuter becomes ein Fieber. Genau. Uh, What about something that's quite common, unfortunately, on holidays, uh, but rather nasty, diarrhea? Der Durchfall. Der Durchfall. 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 The throughfall. Literally throughfall. (laughs) I don't think we need to go into any more physical details there, but we'll certainly remember that word, der Durchfall. Der Durchfall. So, ich habe Durchfall. Ich habe Durchfall. And the opposite perhaps would be constipation. Verstopfung. Kind of sounds like constipation. <laughs> ich habe Verstopfung. Die Verstopfung. Die Verstopfung. Okay. Now, the situation may well be that I am going to the pharmacy or indeed the doctors with my son or my daughter or another member of my family or my friend. And I'm doing the German bit. So I would have to say, he has diarrhea or she has sunburn. How would I say he has diarrhea? Er hat Durchfall. Er hat Durchfall. So it's the ich habe becomes er hat. Yeah. I think we've come across this before when we were talking about family and so on. So er hat Durchfall. Or mein Sohn hat Durchfall. Mein Sohn hat Durchfall. I think we'll get away from the Durchfall. But um, meine Tochter hat eine yeah, or sie hat eine Erkältung. So my daughter has a cold or she has a cold. So again, ich habe becomes er hat or sie hat. And of course that sie is she, whereas the formal sie is you. Yeah, like haben
3: sie eine Erkältung.
1: Haben sie eine Erkältung. Do you have formal uh, a cold? Now something else that can occur when you have symptoms, when you're not feeling too good, is that you might not be able to do something. For example, I can not sleep. Now I know how to say I cannot do something, but what's the verb to sleep? Schlafen. Schlafen. Ich kann nicht schlafen. Ich kann nicht schlafen. Ich kann nicht schlafen. Ich kann nicht schlafen. And if I have Halsschmerzen, if I've got a sore throat, I might not be able to swallow. Ich kann nicht schlucken. 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 Ich kann
3: nicht schlucken. Ich kann nicht schlucken. And if you have maybe eine Erkältung, it's difficult to breathe. Then you can say, ich kann nicht atmen.
1: Ich kann nicht Atmen. Atmen. To breathe. To breathe. Atmen. Ich kann nicht atmen. Ich kann nicht atmen. So, ich kann nicht schlafen. Ich kann nicht schlafen. I can't sleep. Ich kann nicht schlucken. Ich kann nicht schlucken. I can't swallow. Ich kann nicht atmen. Ich kann nicht atmen. I can't breathe. Okay, Okay, we're going to take a short break there and we'll be back in just a moment.
0: Wir unterbrechen diese Sendung für eine sehr wichtige Meldung. If you'd like to make faster progress with your German, don't forget that you can use the premium version of this course, which features video versions of the lessons, comprehensive lesson notes and bonus listening materials. Also, worauf wartest du? What are you waiting for? If you'd like to take your German to the next level, go to coffeebreakgermanplus.com.
1: Okay, let's get on with the lesson. How would I say I'm feeling dizzy? I'm, I'm, you know, my head is spinning. Mir ist schwindlig. See that? The, Mir yeah? ist yeah. schwindlig. Why is that not ich bin? Well, I've never thought about that before,
3: but maybe it's to me, everything is dizzy, it's dizzy.
1: Okay, so the the world is spinning around you and, and you're just in the middle of it and everything is happening to you. Mir ist schwindlig. Mir ist schwindlig. Okay, so we've got all these symptoms that we've now dealt with and what we need to think about is how we would ask the pharmacist for something for these symptoms. So if do you have something for a sore head? You can say, Haben Sie etwas
3: für Fieber? But it's also very likely you say gegen, against.
1: So that's similar to the word that means opposite, isn't it?
3: Yes, opposite is gegenüber, like gegenüber der Kirche.
1: Opposite the church. Exactly. So in this case, we're saying do you have something against fever or against Durchfall? I suppose that makes sense because it's actually, we're not wanting something to encourage it, we're wanting something to get rid of it. So, haben Sie etwas gegen Fieber?
3: Haben Sie etwas gegen Fieber? Haben Sie etwas gegen Kopfschmerzen? Haben Sie
1: etwas gegen Durchfall? Hopefully that won't be happening. Um, What other kind of things might the, the pharmacist ask us if we are asking for a medication of some kind? That's a very good point,
3: because a pharmacist wouldn't give you certain medication if you're, for example, pregnant.
1: So I would, the pharmacist, ask, are you pregnant? Sind Sie schwanger? Sind Sie schwanger? Sind Sie schwanger? Schwanger. Okay, are you pregnant? Sind Sie schwanger? And I suppose one of the other things that may happen is that if we have uh, Durchfall or Uh, constipation, what was called? Verstopfung. Verstopfung. Um, Then we may have eaten something that has not agreed with us. So how would the doctor or the pharmacist say, what have you eaten? The pharmacist would ask you, was
3: haben Sie gegessen?
1: Was haben Sie gegessen? Was haben Sie gegessen? So what have you eaten? Okay. And if I wanted to say, for example, too much ice cream, Zu viel Eis. Which may well be a possibility on on vacation.
3: You may also hear, was haben Sie getrunken?
1: I'm going to guess that that means what have you drunk. Exactly. Was haben Sie getrunken? Was haben Sie getrunken? Zu viel Bier? Could be
3: possible. So when the pharmacist knows what is wrong with you, what problem you have, you might hear the phrase, Sie müssen diese Tabletten nehmen.
1: I recognize nehmen in there, to take. yeah. As in, ich nehme einen Kaffee. But you said, sie... Müssen. Is that, you must? You must, you have to.
3: So, sie müssen... Diese Tabletten, these Tablets.
1: Sie müssen diese Tabletten nehmen. Sie müssen diese Tabletten nehmen. So, you must take these Tablets... What about um, drops, if it's for your sore eyes? Die Tropfen. Diese Tropfen. Die Tropfen. And then diese Tropfen. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it's these drops. Okay. Diese Tropfen. And perhaps for sunburn, you might have a cream. Eine Salbe. Die Salbe. Eine Salbe. So how do you say this cream? Diese Salbe. Diese Salbe. So is that the same... Diese for a feminine word, as it is for the plurals. Yes, it's spelled the same, but for
3: further information, I think we should consult our grammar guru. Okay, over to you.
2: Ah, yes. This word diese, which means these or this, is what is called a demonstrative adjective. And they're used to demonstrate which noun you're actually talking about. So when you tell someone to take diese Topfen, you're actually telling them, which drops to take, so not just any old drops. Now as you'd expect, there's a different form of the word for each gender and each case. But because they are adjectives, they take the same endings as any other adjective you might use. So, for a bit of revision on the old adjective endings, let's go through the forms. In the nominative case, we have dieser for masculine, diese for feminine, dieses for neuter, and diese for plural. Now, you'll be pleased to know that there's only one form for the plural, not three like in the singular. So we can use DISA as the plural demonstrative adjectives for masculine, feminine and neuter nouns. As you've just heard Thomas explain, the feminine and plural forms sound and are written exactly the same. In fact, we've not really covered the definite article in the plural yet, and we will explain all of this soon, but for now, you should know that the tablets are die Tabletten and these tablets are diese Tabletten in the nominative case. These demonstrative adjectives continue to behave as normal adjectives in the accusative case too. So we'd have diesen, diese and dieses for the singular forms and again diese for the plural. And finally, the dative forms are diesem for masculine, dieser for feminine and dzim again for neuter, and finally, diesen for the plural form That's dzin ending in en Now, I think you're ready for a little bit of bonus Grammar Guru content because we can apply the patterns of what we've learned today to something that we've not yet covered in the course and that's what I mentioned earlier the plural forms of the definite article in the nominative, accusative and dative cases So let's go back to these tablets. In the nominative case, diese Tabletten. The accusative is also diese Tabletten and the dative case is diesen Tabletten. So the nominative and accusative are the same and the dative ends in N. Now we heard earlier that the plural definite article in the nominative case is D. And you've guessed it, it says the same in the accusative, D. In the dative case, it ends in N So the plural definite article in the dative is den. Let's put this into some example sentences using Die Tabletten. Die Tabletten kosten fünf Euro. The tablets are the subject of the sentence, so that's the nominative article. Nehmen Sie die Tabletten zweimal pro Tag. There, the Tabletten are the object of the sentence, so we use the accusative definite article, which is the same as the nominative. Die Salbe ist zwischen den Tropfen und den Tabletten. The ointment is between the drops and the tablets. It's a bit of a strange sentence, but it demonstrates the plural dative article, which, as you now know, is Dane in all three genders. Well, if all that grammar has given you a bit of a headache, although I hope it hasn't, at least you now know how to tell a German-speaking pharmacist what the problem is and understand their instructions. Back to Mark and Thomas in the studio.
1: Thank you to our grammar guru for that explanation. It makes a little more sense now. And remember, it's important you understand what the pharmacist is saying to you.
3: You don't have to really understand now how to use these phrases yourself
1: unless you happen to want a job as a pharmacist in a german-speaking country but anyway not quite yet not unless in 23 anyway um the one other thing that i was thinking about is that you may be told to take diese tabletten three times a day
3: now we already heard the word for times that's mal so drei mal pro
1: tag drei mal pro tag per day three times a day. Okay. So, dreimal pro Tag, viermal pro Tag. How would you say before eating? Vor dem Essen. Vor dem Essen. Vor dem Essen. And after eating? Nach dem Essen. Now, if it's nach dem Essen and vor dem Essen, Essen presumably means food. Yeah. Is it... Der Essen, because dem is the dative of the masculine noun. Yes, but remember, dem is also the dative for neuter, so it's das Essen. Okay, so it's das Essen, the food, and for dem Essen, for must take the dative, presumably? Yes, at least in this context. And nach also takes the dative.
3: Yes, in fact, nach always takes the dative.
1: Okay, all this for and nach and uh Gegenuber and, and neben and all this it really is quite complicated hopefully next time we'll be able to get our grammar guru to talk a little more about prepositions and when we use which
3: case ah mark it's not that tricky once you get used to it you'll find it quite easy
1: okay i suppose that's easy for you to say because you're a native speaker but anyway hopefully our grammar guru will help us out next time it's good to have Kirsten back this week, and we're also pleased to welcome Julia once more to the studio for our cultural correspondence segment. And given the time of year, Julia has something interesting to tell us about what happens in German, Austrian, and Swiss families around this time of year. Over to you, Julia.
0: Hallo, Mark. Grüß Gott, Thomas, and guten Tag an alle unsere Coffee Break German Zuhörer. Ich bin's wieder, Julia, eure Kulturreporterin. In this week's cultural correspondent feature, I'm going to be talking about something that is very much on the minds of German families right at this moment, because here in Germany the summer holidays are coming to an end and children are about to go back to school. Generally, school children in Germany and Switzerland have about six weeks of summer holidays, although in Switzerland this may differ from canton to canton. Austrian schoolchildren are lucky, as they get a full nine weeks off in summer. As our six weeks in Germany start at different times in each of the 16 Bundesländer, school also starts back at different times. Regardless of the exact date, August is the time of year when children return to school and thousands of six-year-olds start school for the first time. In Germany at least. I know that there are different traditions associated with starting school in different parts of the world, but I have to say that I think the German tradition is very cute at this special time in a child's life that we call Einschulung, start of school. In German-speaking areas, children are given a so-called Schultüte or Zuckertüte, literally meaning a school or sugar bag which is a big cone-shaped cardboard bag that holds sweets and other little presents, such as crayons and pencils, for the schulanfänger, school beginners. For the most part, parents or other relatives buy a ready-made one, but many make the schultüte themselves. In some cases, it is made by the children when they are still at kindergarten. You will find various designs and colors and every schultüte can be closed on top with some attached fabric um, that is tied together with a ribbon. They also come in very different sizes, some even being nearly as tall as the little boy or girl. Often smaller schultüten are also given to the younger brothers or sisters of the schulanfänger so that they are not too sad about still having to wait a few years. The tradition of the Schultüte dates back to the 19th century, which means that in almost every German-speaking household, you will find photos of several generations of proud Schulanfänger holding their Schultüten, wearing their new satchels and grinning toothlessly into the camera. Often for these famous pictures, the children are positioned next to the words Mein erster Schultag written on a blackboard together with the date. Usually every primary school welcomes their new pupils with a special ceremony and performance by older pupils. Afterwards, the celebrations continue at home. So if anyone in your family is starting school sometime soon, perhaps you could make your own tutor for them. I hope you liked this cultural feature. Viele Grüße von mir und zurück zu Thomas und Mark ins Studio. Tschüss!
1: That's where we're going to leave it for today. It's been quite a tricky lesson with some difficult concepts and grammar to get in there, but hopefully you've enjoyed it. Remember, we also have a Facebook page where you can join the community of worldwide German learners. And contribute, ask your questions and get to know other people by trying out your German. Of course, there's more information about Coffee Break German at coffeebreakgerman.com. Also, that's it für heute. Ich glaube auch. Bis zum nächsten Mal. Tschüss! This is a production of the Radio Lingua Network.